1: Two lengthy shows tonight, so let's get things underway with a presentation of one of the most popular series on radio, Gunsmoke. Tonight we hear the episode, Never Pester Chester.
2: Around Dodge City and in the Territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers. That's with a U.S. Marshal and the spell of Gun Smoke. Gun Smoke, starring William Conrad. The story of the violence that moved west with young America. The story of a man who moved with it. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal.
3: Sure is hot today, Mr. Dillon. Yeah. Used to get hotter in Sweetwater, though. Uh, Texas. Yes, sir. But I wasn't there very long. No. What'd you do there, Chester? Oh, I was a salesman, Mr. Dillon. Salesman? Well, what'd you sell? A lightning rod. Lightning? Oh, well, now they're good things to have, Mr. Dillon. Why, I had a line of well, lightning rods. don't explain
4: that you... it to me, Chester?
3: <laughs> Too hot. Well, I'll go get us some beer. Maybe that'll help. I don't think I
4: want any beer, Chester.
3: Well, then, why don't you just go take a siesta, Mr. Dillon? I'll stay here in the office. (laughs) Why don't you just leave me alone, huh? All right, Mr. Dillon.
5: Marshal.
4: Yeah, what do you want,
5: Doc? A couple of cowboys been feeding their liquor over at the Texas Trail. That's what saloons are for, isn't it? Yeah, they were giving Kitty a bad time. Oh? She got rid of them now. But they're down at the end of Front Street now, making remarks and pestering the town ladies. It just might lead to trouble.
4: Well, I'm not going to walk down there in this heat just to lecture a couple of hard nosed cowboys.
3: I'll go, Mr. Dillon.
4: Oh, good, Chester. You go, huh? Just tell them to
3: take it easy and leave the ladies alone. Yes, sir, I will, Mr. <laughs> Dillon.
6: been Texas, real men down there, not like these
3: short grass cats. <laughs> all right, boys.
6: Now, that's enough. Who's this?
3: A preacher, maybe. Uh, yeah. Boys, <laughs> Marshal Dillon sent me down here. And
6: we're going to send you right back, fella.
3: Mr. Dillon said you can have all the fun you like but to leave the ladies alone.
5: That's all dang trouble, these Dodge ladies. They've been left alone too long.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, what they need is a couple of (laughs) big-handed Texas men. (laughs) Look, (laughs) now, now, why don't you go over there to the Alpaganza?
3: I'll buy you both a beer.
6: You will, huh? Well, that's mighty thoughty of you, mister. We just don't want any trouble, that's all. Sure we don't. And I got an idea how we won't have any. Wait till I get on my horse here. Stay with our friend a minute, Trevor. Hey, mister,
3: Uh, I'll make a bet. what kind of bet? What do you mean? Any kind. You name it. Come on. Well, but I don't.
7: <laughs> I got him. He spilled his
2: gun, Trevor. Pick it up and grab your horse. Get this rope off of me. Maybe Get it'll wear it. off, Mister. You're going for a ride. <laughs>
5: drag him, Tobo. Drag him. Let's go. <laughs>
7: Chester,
4: Marshal. What? What? Who got Chester? Couple cowboys. The
8: ropesman dragged
4: him out of town. Come on. Well, well, which way?
5: West. I'm going with you. Hurry. Uh. Come on. There they are, but
4: they're not dragging anything. They must have cut him loose. Well, there he is, but that's safe, brother. Chester, Chester, get that rope off his feet, Shiloh. Look at him—he's bleeding all over. They tore him to ribbons. I'll stay with him, Marshal, if you like. To no, him, Shiloh. Go get our horses, huh? I'll get him back to the dock right away. All right, Marshal. So, Chester, I got you now. We'll be at the dock soon. Easy, Chester. Easy, fellow. Easy now. I'll uh, carry him when you get tired, Marshal. I won't get tired, Shiloh. Not for a long time. Well, Doc?
5: Yeah, he's in bad shape, Marshal. The worst is something that's bothering his breathing. I don't know what it is. We'll just have to wait and see if it goes away. If he lives the next few days, he'll pull through. Oh, Doc. Now, I, know,
4: but... I know, I
5: know, I know. But I'll stay right here with him.
4: Why did I have to send him? Why didn't I go?
5: Oh, and I don't blame myself. I Marshall. told him to go, didn't I? Yes, but...
4: Uh, Doc, can I talk to him? No, no, Marshal, no. Not for a while. All right, then. Would, would you tell him this for me? They're going after those men. I'm going to bring them back. Alive.
6: Or at least half alive.
4: In the street outside, waves of heat move back and forth, making things seem unreal. Like Chester lying up there ducks docks. That seemed unreal somehow. I walked down to the jail and I went inside and I sat there for a while. And then all at once I got up and unbuckled my guns and I hung them on a peg behind the desk. And I went over to the Texas Trail.
8: I'm over here, Matt.
5: Sit down. Matt, I heard about Chester. How is he?
4: Doc doesn't know for sure. Oh. They were in here bothering you. Who were they, Kitty?
5: I never saw them before. One was a kind of weasel-faced man named Trevitt. The other? Big man. Real brute. Named Stobo, I think.
4: I see. What outfit, they say?
5: Would it be the crow track?
4: Yeah. The crowd track's holding my herd up the river. Thank you, Kitty.
5: Wait a minute, Matt. Yeah? It's no business of mine to ask, but where are your guns?
4: It would have been easier for Chester if they'd have shot him and killed him.
5: But I don't see... So
4: I'm not going to shoot them. If Chester dies, I'll see him hanged. Otherwise...
5: Otherwise what, Matt?
4: I don't know. But I'm going to bring him back and... And we'll wait and see.
5: You're taking an awful chance. Maybe. Oh, Matt. Please be careful.
4: <sighs> sure. Uh, Kitty. Yeah, Matt. Look in on Chester once in a while, will you? Oh, Maybe
5: of course him. I will. Don't worry about him.
4: Thank you, Kitty. So long.
7: Hey, uh, Marshal...
4: What is it, Shiloh? I'll
8: walk outside with
4: you. Marshal, I want to ride after those cowboys with you. No, Shiloh, I'm going alone. But we could use you here at the jail. Here? I'm going to take two prisoners. I don't know when or how, but I need a jailer when they come in. So I'll bring them in with you and then I'll... No. That's something I have to do alone. Marshal, you're a stubborn man, but... Okay, I'll do it. These are in my desk. Now, here's my horse. I'm going now.
1: Yeah, wait a minute,
4: Marshal.
6: You're not armed.
4: I know it, Shiloh. Goodbye. Who's the trail boss here? Where is he?
6: Here I am. And I don't need any riders.
4: Maybe not, but you got two riders I need.
6: How's that? Just what do you want,
4: mister? That's the track outfit, isn't it?
6: That's right.
4: I'm looking for a couple of your men called Stobo and Trevitt.
6: They ain't here, mister.
4: And where are they? They
6: well, come back this afternoon, picked up the gatherings and left. Didn't even wait to get paid off. I'm telling you, this is just because they're no good and I'm glad they're gone.
4: Which way'd they go?
6: I wouldn't tell you if I knew, mister.
4: I didn't think you would.
6: Who are you anyway?
4: I'm a U.S. Marshal out of the Dutch.
6: That's so? <laughs> well, I don't know what you want them for, and I don't care, but how you gonna take a marshal? Put salt on her tail?
7: <laughs>
6: <laughs> You'll at least take a club if you're going after that stovo. He's mean, he's big. Besides being a Texan,
7: yeah, right.
4: we've hung Texans up here before, Mister
9: Marshal.
4: Yeah.
3: I heard Stobo and Trevitt say they were heading west, following the Arkansas.
4: Where are you from, son?
3: Texas. Near Waco.
4: And what are you sniveling around and forming on these men for?
3: That Stobo kicked me. Knocked me down and kicked
7: me.
4: All right, son, I'll ride along the Arkansas. But you ride back to Texas and learn how to fight your own battles. <laughs>
2: We will return for the second act of Gunsmoke in just a moment, but first, the conventions start next Monday when the Republican Party takes over Chicago. CBS Radio's greatest reporting names and a core of technical experts manning mobile units and studios covering the convention floor and corridors are all set to bring you history as never before. Whatever happens, wherever it happens, you'll miss nothing when you tune in the conventions on CBS Radio starting next Monday. Now... The second act of Gun Smoke.
4: I cut straight down to the Arkansas and followed it west. I rode close to the water where I could use the sound of it for only my cover. After an hour or two, I spotted a hobbled horse alone. Stobo and Trippett must have separated. I got down and followed the animal's tracks as best I could in the moonlight until I caught the dying cools of the campfire on the bank ahead. To one side I could make out the huddled figure of a man asleep in his blanket. It took a long time to crawl to his head where I saw the weasel face of a man trepid. His gun belt lay on a saddle blanket in easy reach. I stood up and heaved it out into the river. Miss Trevitt sat up with a snap, I kicked him back.
5: Don't shoot! Don't shoot! You.
4: you sit up again and I'll smash your skull, Trevitt.
5: Don't kill me! Don't kill me! Shut up!
4: Now, where's your rope?
5: <clears throat> I told you to lie down!
4: Now, where's your rope?
5: Under my saddle there. You gonna lynch me?
4: No. But you may hang legally if you live that long. Now, keep your arms in that blanket okay. and lie still while I get you roped up here.
5: (coughs) Who are you, mister?
4: Yeah, that'll do it. Let's just say I'm a good friend of a man you dragged out of Dodge this morning.
5: Stobo was in on that, too. It was his idea.
4: He did it. Don't worry. I'll find Stobo.
5: You ain't gonna leave me like this. I'll be back. You ain't
4: even carrying a gun. Too bad for you, I'm not. Now, Trevor, I'm going to throw you across my horse and tie you on. He'll take you in the dodge right to the jail. When you get there, tell Shiloh who you are. If you can still talk. And he'll give you a nice, clean cell. You're the marshal. I'll be back when I find Stobo.
5: You can't do it, Marshal. I'll die in that son. Ride like that across a horse. No, no, listen. Dobo's about a mile upriver. We had a row, and I left him. See, I, I told you, Marshal. Let me go now,
4: Trevor. How would you like to go to Dodge behind my horse with a roper on Jay? No, no,
5: no, 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 don't, no, not don't, no, Marshal. Don't kill me.
4: I'll pack you on now. I tied Trevor across my horse and started him off in the direction of Dodge, and then I forgot about him. Dobo was next. I rode west on Trevitt's horse. Dawn was just breaking when I saw him. Crouched behind a campfire, cooking breakfast. His horse was saddled and stood nearby. I rode straight up, got down, and walked over.
6: You lost, stranger?
4: No, I'm not
6: lost. Stobo. No tricks, mister. I don't see your gun, but no trick. Relax, Stobo. I'm unarmed.
4: Who are you? Matt Dillon. I'm a U.S. Marshal out of Dodge. You're a long way from Dodge, Marshal. Stobo, you and your pal had some fun with a friend of mine yesterday. You hurt him bad. Maybe you killed him. <laughs>
6: You rode out here without a gun to tell me that? You're the craziest marshal I ever saw. (laughs) I'm going to shoot you, marshal, and bury you in the river. What do you think of that?
4: I expected you would.
6: Huh? But unless you
4: want it on your conscience that you refuse to feed a man on the trail, you better give me a piece of that pork
6: first. You're about the coolest man I ever saw, marshal. Do I eat? (laughs) <laughs> sure you do. Sure. You just stand right there across the fire and don't move. i have to shoot you before you've been fed. I know. It's too bad I only got
4: one dish for your last meal, Marshal. A man can keep sassy on meat alone, Stobo.
7: <laughs>
6: yeah, he sure can. Well, looks about done. At least this here P says you can't... <laughs> All right, I got your gun, Sobo, so don't try anything.
4: You burn me. You burn me! Just a few coals that won't hurt you. Now shut up and get on your horse. Oh! Kill you for
7: this marshal! You can't hurt me like that! On your horse! Come on now! Get up there!
4: Now you just sit there, Sobo. I'm gonna throw a noose around your neck, so keep your hands down. There now. Now you ride toward Dodge. You do anything I don't like, and I'll jerk you off your horse and drag you the rest of the way. And i ride. Jail's on the left.
6: You see it? I see it.
4: All right, pull up. Shiloh! Shiloh! Well, hello, Marshal. This other one? Yeah. Travis, get here. More dead than alive, but he's here. It was
5: rough, Marshal.
4: Real rough. Yeah. Shiloh, how about Chester? Tell me. Doc ain't sure yet, but he's alive. Lock Stobo up. I'm going over to Doc's.
6: All right, you get down. Walk straight or I'll shoot you through both knees.
4: Chester was asleep, but the Doc let me take a look at him. Seemed to me he had more trouble breathing than before. But the Doc said another day might see him out of it. And there was nothing I could do. So I went up for a steak and some sleep. And the next morning, I went back to the jail. Good
5: morning, Marshal.
4: Everything all right, Shiloh? Doc looked over your prisoners. Trevitt's pretty sick yet, but Stobo's all right. Got a few burns, is all. Nothing could hurt that moose. A hanging might. Sure, but what if Chester pulls through?
5: You can't hold us in, Marshal. There's no law that says... I don't in. like
4: the sound of your voice, Trevitt. But
6: you can't Be hold us. Be quiet.
4: It. Don't
6: worry, Trevitt.
4: There's nothing you, can you too, Stobo. Shut the door, Charlotte. I don't even want to look at him.
3: That Stobel's a mean one, but I
4: feel kind of sorry for Trevor. And go cry about it someplace else. I don't feel sorry. Don't you take it out on me, Marshal. I didn't send Chester off to do my job. Are you? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm sorry. Go get some breakfast, huh, Shiloh? I'll, I'll wait here now.
5: I'll be back later. Yeah. Hello, my
4: Doc, what, well, well, what is the Doc, coming?
5: <laughs> Chester, he's gonna be all right. You sure? Well, of course, Marshal. His breathing suddenly changed. The pressure's off, somewhere. Else. Oh, he's going to be fine. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> of course, he'll be in some pain for a while yet, but.
4: He... Yeah. Yeah. All, all right, Doc. I'll, I'll come see him in a little while.
5: I'll tell him for you, Marshal.
4: All right, come on, Trevitt. Where to? Come on, I said.
6: What's up, Marshal?
4: I'll be back for you, Stobo. Now get going.
5: go on. <coughs> no, Stobo did it. Not me. You, you can't do anything to me. Shut up.
4: Trevich, your horse is down at the National. Go get on it.
5: You're turning me loose?
4: Get your horse and ride, and don't ever come back to Dodge, not while I'm alive. Now, go on before I change my mind.
5: Yeah, 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 sure, 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 I'll go.
4: You're next, Stobo. What'd you do with Travis? Put a knife in him? I turned him loose. Now, come on, get out of that cell. Am I free, too?
6: You will be in a little while.
3: So,
4: the doc, Marshal, Chester's... Hey, uh,
8: where are you going with Stovall?
6: going to shoot me in the back, probably. Is
4: that right, Marshal? I'm going to do what I should have done three days ago when I sent Chester after you. Bring him outside, Shiloh. Let's go, Stobo. Slow and easy. Bring him over here, Charlo.
6: You're going to drag me, is that it? You try that. That's what you do, isn't it, Stobo? Don't try. Never mind.
4: Charlo, hold my guns. Here.
6: What the? (laughs) Oh, I get it. You're going to fight me, marshal. You're crazier than I thought. Why, I'll tear your throat out.
4: If he wins,
6: let him go, Sharp.
4: Maybe I
6: will. I said
4: you'll let him go. All right, Marshal, all right. Maybe you are crazy, but I guess this
8: is
6: your party. Come on, (laughs) Marshal. I'll make it short for you. Real short. Stand back, everybody. Get back, you (laughs) hear?
4: You're big, Stobo. But you're stupid. You're ugly, stupid. Why you? <laughs> i
7: <I'll kill> you. <laughs> I'll... I'll <kill> you. <laughs>
4: Give me my guns, Chalo. Here. He don't look too good, Marshal. I'd better get that doc. He's hurt, but he isn't dead. If he can't ride, throw him on a stage. But get him out of here. If I see him again, I'll shoot him. Yes, sir.
3: Can I come in? Yes, sir, Mr. Dillon. My, what happened to you?
4: (sighs) I've been lecturing a couple of hard-nosed cowboys.
3: One in particular. Oh, I I see. I'm sorry, Mr. Dillon. Those two sort of got the drop on
4: me. Yeah, sure did.
3: Mr. Dillon? Yeah, I've been thinking, and and yeah, what is it, Chester? Well, Mister Dillon, I I'm not much help to you here. Maybe I better just that's enough, Chester. Well, but I, I've been thinking. Well, that just stop thinking. Yes, sir. Now look, Chester, I'm going to tell you
4: something. I uh, I I need you here see, you're the only man in Dodge I can really trust. The only one. Yes,
3: yeah, sir. Well, you you can trust me, Mr. Dillon. Yeah, and I, 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 I know. And I'm thanking you, Chester. <laughs> but you, you're sure
4: no help to me lying there, you know. No help at all.
3: Well, I, I don't even stay here long. The doc says I'll be up and around again...
4: Look, uh, Chester. I—I uh, I, I tell you what. I—I'll go get patched up, and then we'll make Kitty come over and fix us some steaks, and we'll—we'll we'll have some beer too, huh? Well, what do you say?
3: Well, I—that'd be fine, Mister Dillon. My, I'd sure like that. <laughs>
2: Gunsmoke, transcribed under the direction of Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was especially written for Gunsmoke by John Meston, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in tonight's cast were Paul Dubov, Lou Krugman, and Georgia Ellis, with Don Diamond, Gil Stratton, and Jack Crucian. Parley Bear is Chester, and Howard McNear is Doc. Meet Millie. This delightfully funny little secretary is heard from every Sunday evening here on CBS Radio. Audrey Totter stars as Millie, a gal with a one-track mind on the subjects of love and marriage, especially where the boss's son is concerned. Remember, you can now meet Millie every Sunday night on most of these same CBS Radio stations. This is Roy Rowan speaking. Remember, tune in history starting next Monday. Hear the Republican convention on the CBS Radio Network.
1: Stay tuned for The Aldrich Family next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for the story of the school ring to be told on this episode of The Aldrich Family.
7: Henry! Henry
10: Aldrich! Coming, Mother?
8: Yes, it's The Aldrich Family, written by Clifford Goldsmith. Has always scampered across the American scene Tom Sawyer Huckleberry Finn Penrod, Peck's bad boy Maybe there's a good reason why Maybe in a typical American boy Like Henry Aldrich People can see someone they once were Or once knew The scene opens on the front porch Of the Aldrich home The time is late afternoon
11: Gee, Homer, you're just worrying over nothing Well, Henry, that isn't the way My father said he would have done it My father will get it, Homer Why do you think he's taking the time to drive way out to Mr. Frederick's farm if he can? Oh, boy, I certainly hope he can collect it. Homer, he's going to tell Mr. Frederick right straight to his face how much he owes us for the work we did this summer. And your father thinks he can get it all? Sure he can, Homer. He'll get our whole eight dollars. Well, my father said that if a man owed him that much for working as hard as we did, he wouldn't go all the way out there. He'd just sue him. Boy, Homer, your father doesn't know anything about a thing like that. All he does is sell lumber. Because my father's one of the best lawyers in the state. He can talk anyone into giving him money. How? I don't know, but it's a knack you have if you're a lawyer. And, and nobody puts anything over on my father. When he goes after a thing, he gets it. He does? And how? You just wait until he comes back and hands us each $4. <laughs> but, Father, didn't I make it clear Mr. Frederick us $8?
9: Henry, for the last time, I collected it.
10: In money, Mr. Aldrich?
9: Uh, no, Homer, not in money. As I said before, I collected the equivalent.
10: Sam, what do you mean by the equivalent?
9: I mean, Alice, that Mr. Frederick didn't have the cash. So he paid it in corn.
12: In what?
11: <laughs> <laughs> corn, Mrs. Aldrich. Gee, Father, not that we don't appreciate your trying, but what Homer and I had really planned on was, well, you know, money. Gee whiz, Mr. Aldrich. My father said... Never that mind
9: what your father said, Homer. There's nothing wrong with being paid in corn. It's the ancient principle of barter and exchange. It is? Of course. It's a simple case of applied economics. You boys will learn a great deal from this transaction.
11: It's taught me one thing already.
9: I'm glad to hear it, Homer.
10: The next time I do any work, I'm getting my money in advance. <laughs> <laughs>
9: now, Homer...
10: Sam, how much corn did he give the boys?
9: Tomorrow morning, Alice, he's driving his truck in with 12 bushels.
10: 12 bushels? Of corn?
11: Yes, Mrs. Aldrich, 12 bushels.
10: Where in heaven's name are you going to keep it?
11: In the basement, Mother, so we can figure out what to do with it.
10: Well, that's very nice,
11: I'm sure. Mr. Aldrich, how much is it worth, a bushel? Uh,
9: well, I'm afraid it isn't worth a great deal right now. But naturally, if you hold it, you'll find the price will fluctuate. Sure, sure it will.
11: What do you mean, fluctuate, Henry?
9: Boy, <laughs> well, means you sure are dumb.
11: Yeah, it means that...
9: Uh, tell them, will you, Father? The fluctuation reflects the cost of living. The price may be down, but only temporarily. Sooner or later, it'll go up.
13: Sam, what is it you're suggesting the boys do? Trade in cars?
9: Now, Alice, it'll be a very good experience for them. They'll learn the principles of supply and demand. This will teach them the value of money
11: you wish, Father, I know the value of money. It's the value of corn I'm worrying about.
10: (laughs) Well, don't worry about it, dear. You and Homer can corner the market with your 12 bushels and make a killing when it goes up.
8: Oh, that's for heaven's
10: sake. I'm sorry, Sam. Please hurry and get ready for dinner.
11: Were you including me, Mrs. Aldrich?
10: Why, no, Homer, I wasn't. However,
11: if you feel that you want to stay... Oh, I I couldn't stay unless I was specially asked. (laughs) Well, in that case, dear, perhaps the next time. (laughs) Could you start that over again, Mrs. Aldrich? (laughs) Come on, Homer, I'll go to the door with you Well, thanks for your trouble, Mrs. Aldrich And thank you for your trouble, Mr. Aldrich
9: No trouble
11: at all Understand, Henry, I'm not criticizing Only you should have gotten my father to handle this Now, listen, is that a slur on my father? Oh, gee whiz, no The only thing is, I don't know how he makes a living Homer, 12 bushels of corn or 12 bushels of corn? Well, I can figure that much myself. But when I go up to the dance committee and get two tickets for the class dance, what am I going to hand them? Six bushels of corn? <laughs> that hasn't even fluctuated yet? Well, you aren't any worse off than I am. have <laughs> Eleanor Wentworth, haven't I? Boy, I don't know how I'm going to be able to face Betty Newton. Listen, Homer, why don't you see if your mother wouldn't be interested in buying it? The can. The whole 12 bushels? We could quote her a reasonable price. Sure. You want my mother to get us out of a hole that your father got us into. Homer, Homer, we aren't in any hole. You just don't realize how valuable that corn is going to be. When? When it fluctuates. When it fluctuates. <laughs> Henry, in which room is the class holding the meeting? Right there in two A. Did you try the wayside market, Homer? Yes, Henry, I've been everywhere. Did you go to the neighborhood grocery? Yes. And they said the same thing everybody else did? No, they just laughed. Well, didn't you tell them what your father said about the price? Homer, people who are laughing aren't in the mood to talk business. Boy. I don't know why I want to go to this meeting anyway. All they're going to talk about is the class dance. Did I let Heather go in? Sure. And I'll bet the first thing they ask us is, have we bought our tickets? Hey, quiet, Henry. Is the meeting starting?
10: No! You've all heard the minutes of the last meeting. Are there any announcements? Uh, Mr. President? The chair recognizes Colby Wilson. Although most of the tickets for the dance a week from this Saturday have been sold, there are still a few guys holding back. Oh boy, let's not have any slackers, fellas. Let's make it a hundred percent.
11: I'm going out, Henry. You no know home they'll see you.
10: Are there any other announcements? Mr. President? Jimmy Bartlett. Uh, Mr. President, I've been a member of this class for a good many years now. And, well, I'd like to ask why the tickets have to cost so much. Mr. President, that's what I say. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, I think the price of a ticket should uh, fluctuate like the cost of living. Homer, would you mind explaining that? Uh, well, if you don't know, it's not going to do any good to tell you. <laughs> And it isn't the money I mind, it's a principle. Homer, I believe the price of tickets was fully discussed at the last meeting. And you're out of order. What do you mean I'm out of order? I wasn't even at the last meeting. I think we ought to have more principle all the way around. Oh, Homer, be quiet. Order, please. Order. Are there any other announcements? Mr. President. Betty Newton. I make a motion that the chairman of the dance read
13: off the list of those boys who haven't bought.
10: The list will be read at the next meeting. Are there any other announcements? Mr. President, I make a motion that
11: we postpone the dance. For how long?
10: For how long? For about four weeks. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Those opposed? No. No. Mr. President, I make a
13: motion that no boy in this class be allowed to...
10: Mr. President! Yes, Toby? I object! That amounts to no less than confiscation of personal rights! <laughs> I mean, Mr. President! Henry Ulrich, um,
11: I've been listening with great interest to all the complaints about this dance, and, and naturally it worries me. I'm not sure, but I, I think I have a suggestion. We had a good dance last year, and we had a good dance the year before. And I guess if we're all here, we'll have another one next year. I certainly hope we will, because I like to dance. But, but, gee, I I don't know. Sometimes I start wondering if dancing is everything in life. How about trying something else, just one year? The evenings are nice now. They're a little chilly, maybe. But we're going to have a moon, I think. Why waste our time indoors, just dancing?
7: Well, what do you suggest?
11: Why, a, a sort of corn roast. (laughs) Now <laughs> uh, what? Uh, I make a motion that this class show a little originality and initiative And have a corn roast
7: I second the motion <laughs> Order please, order Mr. President, I never heard of
13: anything so ridiculous All I can say is, who wants a corn roast? I do, Mr. President Wait a minute, Henry Aldrich, I'm not through dancing yet I mean, talk
11: <laughs> uh, The only trouble with having a corn roast is where are you going to get the corn? It's hard to find this time of year. But if we have enough, enough initiative and originality to want a corn roast, then I'm willing to personally
10: guarantee that I will find the corn. Somehow. I second that motion, too. What motion, Homer? What? There wasn't an emotion. Well, then I make one. Oh, on, sit down. Now wait a minute. Where are your principles, Mr. Homer? Shut there up. There has been a motion that instead of a dance, we show little originality and initiative by holding a corn roast. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? No. The boys have it. It'll be a
7: corn roast. <laughs> Say, Homer.
10: Homer, tell Henry Aldrin somebody wants him outside. I'm wanted outside? Somebody
11: wants you out in the main office. Hey, come on, Homer, I'm wanted. Mr. President, does this mean we
13: will or will not have punch also?
11: Gee, Henry, did you steamroller that? Homer, it just happens that I did it for the sake of the class. You did? Sure. I really think a corn roast is a better idea than a dance. And if it happens that we have the corn they need, we'll let them have it. Just what they need. No more and no less. Well, how much do you think they'll need, Hen? About 12 bushels. (laughs) Henry, I wonder who wants you in the front office. Henry Aldrich! Where did you come from, Eleanor? I
14: just followed you out And I want to tell you that every girl in there is so mad at you, they're never going to speak to you again. They're all mad at me? My goodness, Henry. You even invited me to go to the class dance with you. Sure, Eleanor, but let me explain. Henry, I even bought a dress for the dance, a brand new taffeta dress. Well, look here, what's do Oh, I look nice eating corn on the cob in taffeta. Yeah, but she was
11: Eleanor, all we did was substitute a corn roast for the dance.
14: And you can just substitute another girl. Goodbye.
11: Eleanor, wait. Oh, no, I won't.
13: Eleanor, wait.
11: Wait! Homer Brown? Oh boy, come on, Henry. Here comes Betty.
13: You wait for me, Homer Brown. Oh, uh, did
10: you want to speak to me?
13: Yes, I do. Do you realize I can't eat sweet corn? Why not? Because I got this brace on my teeth. And I've got to wear it for three more months.
11: Gee, whiz Betty, you're too self conscious about it. That's right. It's not the least bit noticeable. Unless you smile. <laughs> no, be funny. But but gee, Whiz Betty. Henry, oh! Oh, boy, who's that? It's your sister, Henry. Mary? What's she doing here in school? Oh, has she got a complaint, too?
12: Henry, I've been waiting for you in the main office. Here, you left this morning without your lunchbox.
11: Oh. Well, thanks very much.
12: And, Henry, when you come home from school this afternoon, you're to stop at the store and see if you can get 12 ears of fresh-picked
11: corn. Corn? Yes. We've got corn. She wished 12 bushels came this morning before I left the house.
12: But Mother says we can't eat that, Henry. My goodness, how could we eat it? Why couldn't we? It's horse corn. (laughs) (laughs) It's what corn? Horse.
11: Horse? Horse? Does that mean we can't have the corn roast? Homer, that means if anything is going to be roasted, it'll be us.
8: back to the troubles of Henry Aldrich. Henry and Homer have talked the junior class into holding a corn roast instead of a dance in order to sell their 12 bushels of corn. While congratulating themselves on their success, they learn that they have in their possession not sweet corn, but horse corn. The scene opens that afternoon in the Aldrich basement.
11: Understand, Henry, I'm not criticizing your father, but don't you think he should have known this was horse corn? Why should he have? After all, my father's a lawyer, not a farmer. To him, corn is corn. Well, listen, Henry, I've been thinking. Couldn't we still sell it to the class, even if it is really just for horses? Look, Homer, you see this front tooth? Yes. I lost that tooth once, biting into an ear of horse corn. Looks all right to me. Sure, it grew out again, but the one I had, I lost. You did? Sure. And do you want us to be responsible for the whole class losing their front teeth? Well, couldn't we soak it in butter and soften it up a little? <laughs> and not serve it until after dark?
8: No, Homer.
11: Oh, well, here we are, Henry, stuck with those 12 bushels of horse food. And the whole junior class
10: is waiting for something to eat. Oh,
13: Mother, please let
12: Finish. Eleanor, I don't want to hear another word about the class dance. But Mother, it isn't to be a dance, it's to be a corn roast. And Henry Aldridge expects me to go with him. But you're not going out and buy clothes just for a corn roast. Oh, we bought you a lovely taffeta dress to dance in.
14: Oh, why aren't you having the dance? Henry thought it would be much more original for us not to have one.
10: Well, you have plenty of clothes that are good enough to eat corn in.
14: But nothing that Henry hasn't seen me in before. And this is going to be a very original occasion. Dear, you can't expect me to buy you a dress for every single occasion. It's silly,
10: Eleanor.
14: But, Mother, I'll economize. I'll get something that I can wear to corn roasts and weenie roasts. Oh, oh Mother, if I don't get a new dress, I'll just die. I know which.
10: Oh, I'd have a hard time explaining that to your father. Oh, uh, I'll die. Uh... All right. Can you uh, meet me at the Emporium tomorrow? Oh,
14: yes, Mother, and thank you. I saw just the thing down there I have in mind. (laughs) Sit right where you are, Mother.
13: I'll answer the phone for you. Hello? Hello, is this Eleanor? Yes. This is Betty. I just had a great idea. What about? Well, you know that corn roast we're having? Yes. Well, my uncle has a cabin down by the lake. And I asked him whether the whole class could meet there. And what do you think, Eleanor? What? He said he'd be very glad to let us have it. And he's sending two men out there to get the whole thing cleaned up for us. Really? Yes. I think it's a very original idea, don't you? Yes. I was just telling my mother. And what else do you think? What? The dentist is going to take the brace off my teeth. He is? As a special favor just for the weekend. That's wonderful. And oh, why? Am I looking
14: forward to it? I should imagine. I think it's I should
13: think you would. And how? You know, it's been years since I've eaten sweet corn. Oh,
10: Mr. President! Hey, Mr. President! Oh, no. Quiet, please! President. Quiet! Why can't we have an orderly class meeting for a change?
11: Gee, Henry, everything's going swell. They haven't even mentioned the corn roast. Quiet, Homer. I think they've forgotten they voted on it.
10: Quiet, please! Quiet! The next item on the agenda is report on the corn roast. Oh, where is Henry Ulrich? Oh, boy. Homie. There he is, Mr. President. Is that Ulrich back in the corner? Oh, yes. Uh, yes, Mr. President. Will you make a report? Well,
11: I'd like to say a few words on that subject. It has uh, come to my attention that some of the people around here are a little upset by the corn situation. We, we've always been pretty proud of the harmony in the class. And I think it would be a great mistake if we let an innocent suggestion by me about having a corn roast split us wide open.
7: Yeah.
11: If, after all, we have our annual what you may call it to have a good time. And, and for that reason, I think it's foolish to go ahead willy-nilly with a corn roast. I second the motion.
10: No motion has been made yet, Homer. <laughs> <laughs> then I second it when it's me. Oh, you're out of order. Is that so? Well, just as a matter of principle, I'd like to know. Sit like... down, Homer. <laughs> okay, okay. If you're opposed to a corn roast, Henry, what do you suggest in its place? Yeah. A-, a dance. Mr. Pratt! We girls
13: have a right to know where we stand around here. After getting us worked up to the point where we want corn, you're gonna make us dance?
11: Uh, don't misunderstand me, Betty. I-, I think we ought to have a dance and corn. <laughs> only only working together so that everybody will be satisfied and there, there won't be any hard feelings. <laughs>
10: Well,
11: uh, why couldn't we show a little originality and initiative and have sort of a barn dance? You know what I mean? Only not a plain, ordinary barn dance. This would be different. Uh, The decorating. Nothing but ears of corn. Mr. President, I second that motion. Mr. President, may I ask why we can't have
10: corn to eat instead of just corn for decorations?
11: Because along this time of the year, Toby, you take horse corn, for instance. It's very colorful and nice to look at. Well, sweet corn is liable to be tough. You don't want to lose a tooth when you're out on a social event, do you?
10: I can take care of my teeth.
11: (laughs) But I say, why take a chance? After all, we can eat corn any old time. Why get into a rut? I think we ought to be the first class in the history of Central High or any other school that has the originality and initiative to have a plain corn dance.
13: Order,
10: order, please. The chair recognizes Eleanor Wentworth. Mr. President, I'd like to protest. Just because the majority in this class
14: is composed of boys, that doesn't give the boys any right to change their minds every ten seconds.
13: We girls have a right to know what's going to happen to us. I demand that a vote be taken.
10: Now, wait a minute, Eleanor.
13: I demand that a vote be taken on our having a simple, informal dance in evening clothes. No! No! Mr. President, Mr. President. Mr. President.
12: Mother, did you hear what happened at Henry's School today? No, Mary. My goodness I don't know what started it, but one of the classes practically had a riot. Really? I understand they had to call in six hall monitors and the gym teacher to quiet them down. What was the trouble?: I don't know. They tell me the class is in a terrible condition. Nobody's speaking to anybody. Well. There's even some talk of when they graduate, they're going to have two separate commencements. Of (laughs) course. Well, the girls say they won't be seen graduating from the same platform as the boys.
11: Is that you, Henry? Yes, Mother.
12: Hello, Mrs. Aldrich. Hi, Mary. Hello, Homer. Henry, how on earth did
11: you get your shirt torn? My shirt? My shirt? Oh, gee whiz.
10: Do you know who I think tore it, Henry? Who? Betty. When did she do that? Right after Natalie White slapped his face. <laughs> Henry, what did she slap your face
12: for?
11: I took the floor away from her. <laughs> you
12: what? I, I, I took the floor away from her. We had a class meeting. Homer, you better get some mercurochrome for your face. It's all scratched up. That was Madeline Miller. My goodness, she must have long fingernails. Not anymore.
10: Henry, you didn't get into a fight with any of the girls, did you?
11: She was, no I was a gentleman through the whole thing
10: I don't
12: understand what caused the whole
10: thing
11: Well, we had what you might call a close vote See, Mother? Well, we got it through, didn't we, Henry? What did you get through? Oh, just a little motion I made Listen, Mother, where'd you put the corn? The corn? Sure, my 12 bushels It's downstairs in the basement, dear. Oh, no, it isn't, Mrs. Aldrich. Yes, it is, Homer. Mary, we were just down there, and there wasn't even one basket there. Well, I don't understand it. Mother, did you go out at all today? Yes, I did. Did you lock all the doors? Oh, but the back door... Oh, boy. You think our corn's been stolen, Henry? Sure it has, Homer. Sure it has.
12: Dear, don't be ridiculous. No one is going to steal 12 bushels of corn you
9: can't eat. Corn? You boys aren't worried about the corn, are you? We sure are, Father. Hello, Sam. Hello, dear.
13: Do you know anything about the corn, Sam?
9: I certainly do. Who took it? Who took it? I did. You did? After all, I wasn't going to let Mr. Frederick stick my own son with a load of useless horse corn. No, sir. So I just went out there and made him take it back.
11: You haven't got the corn anymore?
9: I should say not.
11: Did Mr. Fredericks give
10: you the money?
9: No. Potatoes.
10: <laughs> <laughs> potatoes?
9: If nobody puts anything over on Sam Wallace, let me tell you. I'm a pretty sharp trader, you know. But, Father... Mr. Aldrich... No bother to thank me. It was my own fault for not being more careful in the first place. But, Father... Mr. Aldrich... I let him know quite plainly I would stand for no nonsense.
7: But, Father... Mr. Aldrich... Mr. <laughs>
14: Look, Betty, see that window in the Emporium? That dress in the center? Yeah, that's exactly like the one I got for the corn roast. Only mine was blue. And they won't let you take it back? No, that's why my mother's so mad at our class. Well, look, Betty, I guess you're going on, and this is about as far as I go.
13: Well, I'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye. Bye. Eleanor. Oh, Hello, Mother. I
14: wondered whether you'd
10: be here. Now, Eleanor, are you sure you have to buy a special outfit just for a barn dance?
14: Oh, my goodness, yes. After all, I can't wear a corn roast dress to a corn dance, especially when the whole dance was Henry's idea.
11: What are we going to do? Let's just wait and see if something happens. Well, we're still stuck with the potatoes. Homer, relax. Take it easy. My father says that's a trouble. We've been taking it easy when we should have been tough. I'm going to make a motion. What motion? Well, I don't know yet. Mr. Uh, Mr. President.
10: President! Homer Brown. I had the floor first. Nobody recognized you.
7: Sit down, Homer. Sit down, Homer.
10: As long as there is some doubt about who had the floor first, I think we should recognize the young lady. Yeah.
13: left in this school.
10: Mr. President, this is a matter of principle. Betty Newton has the floor.
13: Thank you. I should like to bring to your attention an article in today's school paper, which is the most sensible thing I've ever read in my life. It's called In These Times. It says, In these times, it hardly seems fitting and proper for students who are planning a dance to spend their money on unnecessary decorations, such as corn. If the junior class really wants to hold a dance that will be long remembered, why don't they give a dance the decorations and show a little originality and initiative by contributing that money in the form of food like potatoes In <laughs> <laughs> this time it would be a very generous and appreciated step and would eliminate a lot of worry Time a loyal
10: classmate Mr. President Mr. President why must it be potatoes because they're the staff of life that's bread <laughs> uh, now
11: listen Toby the person who wrote that article knew what he was talking about and we're going to carry out his wishes.
13: Mr. President, I make a motion that this class give a dance. Just a plain, informal dance. in evening dress. But
11: okay. without any
13: other decoration. And then we use the proceeds to buy potatoes for people that are worried.
11: Mr. President. Henry Aldrich, I just want to say that since I was the one who first suggested the corn dance, after hearing that article, I'm ashamed of myself. I not only withdraw my suggestion, but I second Betty's motion. No! Hey Henry, who wrote that article? What do you think?
1: Oh, Gee Jesus! <laughs>
11: Why didn't you tell me? I even put the paper on Betty's desk. Hey Homer, Homer, there's a fellow in the hall that wants to see you. He wants to see me? Who is it? I don't know. Somebody just told me. Come on, Homer, let's get out. We're sitting pretty. I'll say we are. Order, order! All those in favor of our
10: contributing the dance proceeds to potatoes instead of decorating with corn, please signify. Our-
11: Henry you see anyone out here? No.
9: Hello, Homer.
11: Father, what are you doing here?
9: I just went out and had a talk with that farmer who owed you money.
11: You did, Mr. Brown?
9: Yes, sir, and I fixed things. I told him he couldn't unload first horse corn and then old potatoes that were even sprouting. Maybe he could do that to Sam Aldrich, but he couldn't do it to me.
11: You mean you got our money, Father?
9: No, he didn't have any cash. But I made him come across with 25 baskets of spinach.
11: Spinach? (laughs)
7: Oh,
11: boy, Homer,
9: not even the poor will take spinach.
11: Eleanor?
14: It certainly is. The more I think about it. A spinach dance. A spinach (laughs) dance. And I have a brand new yellow taffeta.
11: Whoa. Wouldn't you go as a slice of egg?
8: (laughs) The Aldridge Family is written by Clifford Goldsmith. Henry is played by Bobby Ellis and Homer by Johnny Fiedler. Mr. and Mrs. Aldridge are House Jameson and Catherine Roth. Your announcer is Dick Dudley. Listen again next week, same time, same station, for another sparkling half hour with the Aldridge family. Good
11: night, everybody.
1: Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, we wrap up the week with Nero Wolf, followed by The Fred Allen Show. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night.
0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.